What's up, people? Guess what? You're listening to another episode of the Giants Guys. I've got Spiro. I've got Eli in the lab with me tonight. Uh, we've given Michael Stewart and Mikey Fresh the night off because we are going to chop it up with a very special guest from ESPN, the quarterback guru. Welcome in, Dan Orlovsky. Dan, what's happening, my friend? Oh, no. Did I lose Dan? I'm here. <laughs> How are you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing great. What an intro, right? Uh, I'm doing great. Good to be with you guys. No, thanks for the time. We know how busy you are. I'm going to jump right into it. Um, you know, we, we hash out this giant stuff every week, uh, nonstop. Yeah. You know, it's been a rough, Dan, it's been a rough eight or nine years uh, for the Giants fan base. So the biggest question that we get week in and week out is, is Daniel Jones, you know, the franchise QB? You know, we, we've seen a lot of major steps from him this year outside that maybe that Ram game, but you know, he's working with limited resources. Half his offensive line is down, his starting running backs down, his wide receivers are down. So you study the film, you know, you know it better than anybody else. You played the position for, for a decade or more. You know, what do you see in Jones overall? What are you seeing? What do you like, you know, in, in his game? Yeah, I'd say, first of all, if the season ended today, right, and the Giants had to make a decision, uh, moving forward with Daniel Jones or moving on from Daniel Jones, I would say convictingly they should keep Daniel Jones and move forward with him. Um, I think the prism or the vantage point that myself and everybody looks through at Daniel Jones matters here. Do I think Daniel Jones is ever going to be a great quarterback that was, you know, top six NFL draft pick? I don't see that right now. Do I think that Daniel Jones could be the franchise quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Giants moving forward after seeing him play for multiple years? My answer is yes. Um, I think the greatest thing this year is progress and the biggest flaw, um, at least significant progress in the panicking with the football. I remember they took Daniel Jones. What was his biggest issue coming out of college? Panic panicking with the football. And that was kind of the story through the first three years of his career. And that was the biggest thing coming into this season was, was he going to minimize and or get rid of that? And he's done that. And him doing that has shown me you can, you know, you're, you're, you're fixing what was your greatest issue. Now the Rams game obviously is a, you know, an outlier, but he has for the most part valued the football. I don't say protect the football. Um, I think you protect your kids. Um, I don't think you could ever be a great quarterback in this league if you protect the ball because it's got to be put in harm's way, but you can't be careless with it. So he's valued the football more this year. Um, I think he's thrown the ball downfield well this year, which is something he's done better. Um, he's done in the past. They just have better people to do it to or do it with this year. Um, I loved this past weekend where they used him as an athlete way more. I think that needs to be part of his game moving forward consistently. So yeah, no doubt. Um, you, you got to be encouraged by his performance. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely, um, you know, I'm a season ticket holder and the fans definitely, you know, jumped out of their seat when he made that catch. Everybody was quite ecstatic yeah, with, sure. with yeah, you know, yeah. we, all the fans are looking for something to root for, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I, and I think the athleticism is something, you know, I don't, he's not obviously the high end guys that are a Lamar, Kyler, Josh Allen, but I think that they can utilize him 
in a Ryan Tannehill plus type of way where, you know, Tannehill's such a great athlete and they do such a good job of utilizing his athleticism. And I think they can use him. I think he could be, you know, a Ryan Tannehill plus Kirk Cousins type of player. And so it's good to see that, you know, you, because here's the question that it's going to come down to. If you choose to go move, move on from Daniel Jones, we don't want Daniel Jones as our quarterback. And this is coming from a guy that was critical of Daniel coming out of college. Well, who's the option? You know, we all consider and say, we'll go into the draft. Where are you drafting? You know, what, what's it look like? All that stuff. And, and I think that this year you've got to feel really good about some of the stuff he's, he's done. Absolutely. And, and, and this is Eli, by the way, uh, Dan, uh, thank you for your time, but quick question. Uh, through your eyes, does Jason Garrett put the best game plan forward to uh, assist uh, Daniel Jones of getting better? Do you see that when you look at film? Is Jason Garrett putting them in the right battles uh, for them to win? No, he has not. Um, again, now, if the game plan from this moment moving forward is going to be like the game plan against Carolina, then we're having a different conversation. But yeah. I thought that was Jason Garrett's best game as a coach of the New York Giants two plus years or one plus season essentially of game planning um I have been adamant that they have been too stagnant I've been adamant that they don't use enough pre-snap and at snap motion I've been adamant that they don't use enough play action and or bootlegs to get Daniel out of the pocket but that all changed you know they there was seven seven snaps of quarterback run against Carolina seven snaps of getting him out of the pocket I still think they can use more um, at, at snap motion and more play action pass up that even more. Um, I still think they, they can kind of gain numbers advantage in their run game with motion, but this was at least progress for an offensive scheme. And if, if it's going to look more like it did against Carolina, then, you know, that's a very different conversation moving forward when it's attached to Jason Garrett. I was, I was shocked. They only did it one time, but they ran an old school Oklahoma like read speed option. Play. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I yep, was down the red zone. Yeah. I was completely shocked because I'm used to you know the RPO or or the run pass up. I mean, he actually flipped that thing like it was Jamal Holloway at Oklahoma in the in the 80s, and I was like, where did that come <laughs> from? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was that's part of one of those seven. You saw design quarterback run. You saw zone read. You saw that speed option. So I mean. It looked like a totally different offense, candidly. It looked like an offense that, again, a little bit of Buffalo, a little bit of Baltimore, a little bit of Arizona, a little bit of college sprinkled to it. So, um, yeah, I, I just think it, it fits their quarterback skill set. It, um, it minimizes some of the flaws of the offensive line. Um, and I think it gets, you know, players out in space. And, I, and that's a big step forward for this offense. Does he get better with, with these tools coming back? Because it seems like, you know, each week he's he's shorthanded with something. So I, I would think the projection for him would even be, or the ceiling could be a little bit higher if he gets some of these bodies back. Is this Daniel or Jason Garrett? Uh, Daniel. Yeah, I think oh. so. You know, or, yeah, yeah, I think or, bo or both, Daniel. Yeah. Maybe both. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it has to start with Jason Garrett, right? Because you uh -huh. cannot make a realistic evaluation of the player unless the coach is putting in the player to one in, in positions to play to their strengths 
while also not exposing them to the things that they don't do well, right? So it always has to start with the coach doing his job. And then it moves forward to the player. Yeah, I think, you know, if Kenny can come back and get healthy and Kadarius, we've seen, you know, what, six quarters or something of Kadarius at, at, at kind of health, you know, so far this season where he's actually been part of the offense and he's looked like a, a really important player. Saquon is part of that as well. So, yeah, I think that the more people that come back, the more you could get a real understanding of what you have at the quarterback position and who you have at the quarterback position. So, but I think indifferent of that candidly, like if, if I'm, cause I like, I'm looking at this is a situation where the quarterback is not, um, not playing with the full deck, so to speak. Sure. I'm just watching the quarterback in and of itself. And the, we've never questioned, or I have never questioned, can Daniel play? No, uh, I've never questioned that. Can Daniel be very accurate with really good ball placement. I never questioned that. Can Daniel throw with anticipation and timing? I've never questioned that. The two things that have been uh, questions about Daniel Jones for me are one, will you panic with the football under pressure? That's where he's taken a step forward this year. So I don't care about if he doesn't have X player because that's a controllable thing. Um, And the second thing would be when um, number one wasn't open. Number two, number three, have you done a better job of getting off and, and off that guy that you're locking on? Hey, it's it's cover two at the line of scrimmage, and I got this in route backside, and, and I know if I stare to the right and bring that backside linebacker, that in route should be open. That's my number one, and I do all that, and number one's not open. The will linebacker didn't listen to my eyeballs. Are you doing a better job of getting to the second and third guy? Are you not assuming what to do with the football? I, I say this, quarterbacks should predetermine where they're going to go with the ball. That's how you play fast. You just can't assume where you're going to go with the ball. And those are the two things for me when it's come to Daniel that I've wanted to see this year. Those have nothing to do with the, the other people. Those have, have everything to do with how Daniel operates at a court, as a quarterback. And that's where I speak with conviction that, yeah, I, I, I think that he's done a good job with that. So, You'd love to have those guys back, no doubt. But as long as he keeps making progress in those two specific flawed areas, I feel good about him moving forward. Okay. Go ahead, Spiro. You got something, right? Yeah. Uh, hi, hi, this is Spiro. Uh, Dan, how we doing? Uh, love your work. Um, so what I want to know is, you know, when, this, when you're assessing a quarterback, and I know we just talked about, you know, not having weapons, but I'm going back to a tweet that you just sent last week. Uh, when you have a great offensive line, everybody's strengths are amplified. And when you have a weak offensive line, the weak, weaknesses are magnified. So yeah. right now you, you take away Andrew Thomas, his backside guy, you know, you, you lost Nick Gates, your starting center. Um, you know, you, you see guys like, like Mahomes struggling and Wentz last year. It, how hard is it to assess a quarterback and their skill set yeah. when, when everything's breaking down in front of them? Yeah, it's, it's nearly impossible. <laughs> you know, part uh, I've been in television for three plus years, you know, part of my, one of my almost goals, so to speak, was to truly get people to understand that quarterback is a dependent position. You are dependent on the people around you. Remember 30 years ago um, when everyone would say, well, the quarterback just makes everybody around him better. Right. Yep, yep, and it was. Right. Because, because that's because football was played in, in, a, in a phone booth, so to speak. You know, nowadays when football is much more perimeter-based, 
much more rules friendly. It is, it's flipped in my opinion. It, it's much more about everybody else around the quarterback making the quarterback better. And that's why I think we've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes and a Josh Allen kind of step forward. Now the quarterback's still got to be great. And yes, there's moments where he elevates the third string receiver and all that stuff. But um, so I think it's very difficult to get a, a, a fair judgment on what a quarterback is because we all want the quarterback that covers up issues, right? That he's an eraser. We all want that guy that, hey, when, when the left tackle's out, he can still go play good football and, and lead us to a win. Well, that's the 40 plus million dollar guy, right? right. Um, but the, yeah, the best evaluation, counts. yeah, the best evaluation of a quarterback is what does he do when the pieces are around him? Because if he's just good, then you go, well, then this, this guy doesn't take us to a different level. But when he plays special or great or elite or you win because of when the pieces are around him at a good at a high level, that's when you go, yep, we got our guy, right? I think the greatest time you evaluate a quarterback is when he does have a good to really good supporting cast. And I just know when you have a bad offensive line, it affects your play calling. It affects your quarterback's timing. It affects his confidence in the people around him. It affects his confidence in himself. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's very difficult to get a, a fair evaluation on who or what the player actually is. Love it. Is is there somebody that you could you would plug in this situation currently that you would think that could succeed? Because like right now, it's I, I find it hard to believe that any quarterback can succeed with uh, practice squad players and uh, and uh, you know bottom third offensive line. And yeah, I'll, I'll take out the, the handful of humans that are different guys, right? right. Tom, Tom and Aaron and yeah. Russell, those guys are different cats. But if we're if we're taking, you know, the top six or so out when we're saying the guys that live in like a 7 to 13 world as far as quarterbacks. So, you know, you're talking Derek Carr. Um, you're talking Matt Ryan. You're Can talking Kirk Cousins. Those guys are a Tan Hill. Those guys are a little bit more, you know, dependent on hey, what's the play caller? Is is he a good play caller? Do we have a great scheme? Do we have a great guy? A guy who really can dial up plays? Um, are we healthy around me? Am I getting protection? Do I have difference makers on the perimeter? Is our run game healthy? Does my defense suck? So you know, those are all variables. I feel like impact where we slot guys. Um, no, I think that I think that probably. You know, a, a Tannehill would come in and, and play probably a tick better. Now, is that because Tannehill's got, you know, 6,000 to 8,000 reps in the NFL? Maybe that's part of this conversation as well. You know, is, is you know, these Daniels in his second year of a new offense. It's really his first year with an offseason. So that's part of this conversation as well, right? So I don't know if there's a ton of guys that will go in and, and you'd feel better about, but I think a lot of those guys we know. You know, Daniel is still somewhat of an unknown because he's not consistently proven that he can play. Absolutely. No, nope, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, so really quick, I just want to go backwards a little bit to the uh, the backwards. play with Daniel Jones. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a play where Daniel Jones got concussed. Um, a lot of people say that is a bad uh, call or play call on Jason Garrett. Um, I see a guy fighting, but at the end of the day, when you see it, look at the film, you kind of see everyone kind of just blocking and not knowing where Daniel Jones was going to go. Through your eyes and your film work, uh, do you feel like that's a broken play or a terrible play call, or was that Daniel Jones trying to make something happen at that goal line? I think it's a really good play call, and I think it's a really good play by Daniel Jones. Okay? Awesome. Um, uh, that play call is we, 
that play call is something where in the huddle, you tell everybody it's the run play, right? Let's say it's, um, hey, zero close 22, right? Mm-hmm. And the only person that thinks they're carrying the football is Daniel Jones. You don't tell the offensive line, you don't tell the back, because that's what really gives the sell to the defense of the tailback has the football. You don't want anybody thinking, hey, I might keep this ball, because then there's a natural let up. All right, so number one, I like the play call. Number two, I love that Daniel Jones is trying to go score. I mean, you're in the you're in a ball game in that moment. You're on the road with the team that's really good. That is not um, first down, and you're scrambling at your own 40-yard line, and you're trying to go lower your head for, for a four-yard game. Right? That would be a stupid play. But there are moments when quarterbacks, you know, you, you got to go try and go get either a first down or you got to go try and score. And that's one of those moments where you got to go try and score there in that moment because what, what was that, second down or third down? Yeah, I, uh, think, that was, I think that was a fourth, no, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, it was second down, yeah. It was it second, was second? Down. Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. Yeah, because oh, yeah, so they won go. in on a fourth. They won in on a fourth. Right. And all about second, yeah. third down. So you got to go try and score in that situation. You know, it's second down. You, you're thinking, I only got one more chance down-wise to maybe go get this. And it's – He's not diving from the four. He's putting his head down at the one, one and a half mm-hmm. yard line. So, yeah, I thought it was a good play call and the right play by Daniel. It was just a really good play by Dallas defensively. And it was just unfortunate the hit that he took on his helmet. Ah, I thought he would have made it if he went for the pylon. He kind of turned it up and got whacked. Yeah, sometimes you got to know yourself, though. You know, I don't. Right. You know, those, <laughs> those guys on defense can run. You know, so I, you know, in that split second, you're trying to make a decision. Can I beat him or do I try to run through him? And, yeah, it shows. His, and his speed, he's beating a lot of guys. So, Dan, one more thing about Daniel Jones and then we'll, we'll carry on. But do you see Daniel Jones being a top 15 quarterback in this league? Do you see him actually progressing? Because, again, he was known for turning over the balls. He seemed to have that corrected a little bit. He's known for panicking in the pocket, but he seems to have that a little bit corrected as well. Do you see Daniel Jones taking the Giants to the Super Bowl and being a top 15 quarterback in this league? Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch for me, taking him to the Super Bowl and, and, and a top 15 player. I think he can flirt with that top half of the league, but that has to be one of those situations that I talked about. Um, hey, you got to have a really good defense, okay? Like you got a defense that's that's going to play complementary football. We got to have an offensive coordinator that, that brings a – a very good offensive scheme. I got to have that guy that not only has a scheme, but also he knows how to call that scheme. He's a really good play designer and play caller. I got to have a good offensive line and and pieces around me and a complimentary run game. I think if, if you have those, and and my, my guy, Marcus Spears, he calls it being insulated. If you've got those insulated aspects, then yeah, I think you can flirt with being a top 12, top 16 guy. Um, but I think that um, I don't ever see him being a guy that the Giants – this is how I rate my quarterbacks, guys, because we always get into these conversations of, is this person a lead? Is this person a franchise? I don't know what that even means. Is Quarterbacks, do you, does your team and organization win because of you? Does your team and your organization win with you? Does your team and organization win in spite of you? Or does your team and organization lose – because of you. And I think Daniel Jones can be a guy that the team and organization wins with. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that. 
Well, I want to I want to run with that a little bit myself, Dan, because here's the thing: this, I'm, I'm sure you've watched seven weeks of film on the Giants. They can't, they still can't score. They're terrible in the red zone. Like, is yep. this you know Jason Garrett being too conservative? We got Rudolph, who's got 41 touchdowns over 10 years. Like, they yep. still can't score. And for the life of me, this past week, and I know they were pounding on the Panthers, but they ran the ball up the gut two times and didn't make it. So I had to look it up to make sure. I mean, the Giants are ranked 25th in rush offense and 26th in scoring in the red zone. Like, they're pathetic at the, at the you know, in the red zone or extended red zone, depending on, I guess, who you are, or what team you call it. Yeah. I mean, like, at the end of the day, this team can't score. So, and I sit here and we talk about it week in, week yep. out. We have, you know, like, they don't use the tight end. Uh, so how how do how do they score more? What what's the hang up? Well, the red zone is about two things: plays and people. Okay, um, you great red zone teams. There's the philosophy that great red zone teams run the football. Sure, every good offense runs the football. The red zone is about how creative you can be. How creative can you get to make things easier to attack? Because that's when you get game plan specific down in the red zone. You know, there's teams that are going to play a certain coverage or two or three coverages, 20 to 20, right? Yeah. And then when you get into the red zone, everything's different. They'll play a combo coverage or a bracket coverage or zero blitz or, you know, they'll play a completely different coverage indifferent of who they are identity-wise 20 to 20. That's where coaching comes into play. Game okay. design, game plan design, play design comes into play that's when you become a difference maker as a coach and the Giants don't have that with Jason Garrett you you great like the best red zone guy I've ever was around was Gary Kubiak now Coombs was brilliant in the middle of the field as well but he would spend so much time figuring out okay if I put this formation and this personnel grouping on the field what am I going to get out of the defense likely okay that is different where is the weakness? Who, who, where is the weakness for what they're going to try and do? How do I make us scoring in the red zone the easiest I can, right? And that's something the Giants don't do well. And then it becomes about people. I was part of the Detroit Lions when we had Calvin Johnson. Mm -hmm. We were really good in the red zone because Calvin changed That must be nice, right? <laughs> right? Cal yeah, Calvin, we, we could put him up by himself and They'd have to have the lean coverage on one-on-one routes. Or I was with the Colts when we had Reggie Wayne. Same thing down in the red zone. We put Reggie out there. Reggie was smart enough, and we'd have signals depending on what leverage the defensive back was playing on, on what route he would run. Inside leverage, hey, man, give me the, give me the fade. Outside leverage, give me the slant. Um, off leverage, I'm going to sell the fade and come back to the pylon, right? So Reggie would signal stuff to us. They don't have that guy. That is a real – I mean, Kenny's maybe got a little bit of a chance, and we could say Rudolph, Kyle's been that guy, but I don't know if Kyle's the same player he was four years ago either. He's not. Sure. Okay. By, the, by the way, schematically, listening to, listen to who you throw the ball to, Dan, it must have been in your contract. You're like, okay, I'm not throwing the ball unless I got Hall of Famers lined up on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> I was – I was. Uh, man, I, I played with Calvin Johnson. I played with Andre Johnson. I played with Reggie wow. Wang. Like, I was uh, – wow. I was I was fortunate to be around some pretty darn good receivers. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. <laughs> Hell yeah! 
All right, so, so one more last round of questions, and I'm sorry, Spare, I didn't mean to cut you off. No worries. Just uh, one more last round of questions here. Um, I just want to throw something at you and answer the best way you can. But, you know, if the season ended today, you're John Mara. Uh, what would your focus be on the offseason if the season ended today right wow, now? What would your first there? focus be? That's it. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'd sit down and be very critical with my head coach of is the culture – um, a culture that I think can win now and win in the long ter long term. You know, um, I'm not trying to be the, the, the you know, I want to win. I don't necessarily um, believe that you have to, you know, be the toughest guy on the planet or the softest guy on the planet. Do we have a culture that is leading us towards reshaping and winning in the future on a consistent basis? Um, has our general manager done a good, good enough job of supporting this team with talent? Um, the vision that he sat down with me two years ago and told and sold me on, has that vision come true? Because if not, I got to get a new general manager. Because if not, I got to get a new general manager because you told me X. And if X has happened, great, let's move forward. But if X has not happened, then I got to find a different person. Same with my head coach. When I, when I hired you two years ago, you told me we were going to be a team that didn't beat ourselves. Well, that hasn't been the case this year as if the season ended today. Right. And so I, I, I don't need wordplay. I, I, I want my, I want my actions to follow the words. Um, I got to sit down and, and see if Daniel Jones is going to be the guy that we move forward with in the future. My answer would be yes. Okay. For Daniel Jones to move forward, what is the biggest thing we need offensively to allow him to play well? Well, we got to continue to add to the offensive line. I like that. Um, I have to ask myself, do I want Saquon Barkley to be signed to a long-term contract Ooh. extension? If Man. the season ended today, my answer would be no. And that would be an easy answer for me. Saquon's a phenomenal talent. He's a phenomenal kid. I got to do my job. Um, walking away from him though. <laughs> but, but, but you like, if we if, 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 look at Carolina, yeah. Look at Carolina. Right. Absolutely. McCaffrey's phenomenal. He's hamstringing that football team right now. And he's phenomenal, yep. right? Yeah. I got invested to the offensive line and I got a hit, okay? Um, mm -hmm. I got to sit down and ask, is Jason Garrett the guy? Because I'm tired of watching offenses like the um, Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the – um, Los Angeles Rams and the ten I'm tired of watching all these offenses execute at a really high level and score a lot of points and us not be them. How do we get to be them? Is Jason Garrett the guy that puts us in that class? Doesn't um, seem like it. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> he puts me to sleep. Yeah, so like you gotta ask, listen, these everyone gets so sensitive when you talk about listen, this is a high stress job. You know what you mm -hmm. sign up for. Right. You know what you sign up for. So if you're not cutting it, you're not cutting it. Yeah, Amen to that. Amen uh, to that. Last question for me, uh, Dan. Um, so as an offensive coordinator, we've seen uh, – we, we've talked about his, his limitations as an offensive coordinator in Garrett, but we've also seen him develop three good quarterbacks under him now. How much of the offensive coordinator's job is to develop a quarterback? Like we, we've seen now Daniel Jones progress, Dak Prescott uh, progress. We saw Romo progress under him. How much of that is on the offensive coordinator to, to progress and make their quarterback better for the long term? 
Did we lose him? We lose him? Dan, still there, Dan? Might be in a bad spot. Dan, you there? We can't hear I you. I was either. really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, I think his mic got muted there. He's muted. Hold on. Hold on. I think your mic is muted there, Dan. Yeah, I think you're muted, Dan. It was such a good he, answer he, that he's preparing yeah. for it. He was so focused on <laughs> giving that answer that he. I know. I know. I can, like I said, I, I can I, see I, him there, but his, it says his um his his mic's not muted. You know. So you know what? Uh, had another call coming in too. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah, he said six thirty. Uh, right, well, listen. I, you know what I really like about what he said. Oh, there he is. Oh, oh, my there, sorry. That's I'm all right. We got no, you now. Right. <laughs> can you can you answer that last one if that's okay, Dan? Or you have a little time? Yeah, yeah. What was the last one? Was that the, the what was the last question? So my my, yeah. my last question went to you was uh, Jason Garrett. We've seen him now develop quarterbacks under underneath his tutelage while he's a limited uh, offensive play caller. We've seen Dak Prescott grow. We've seen Tony Romo grow. We've seen Daniel Jones grow in him. How much of uh, offensive coordinator's job is to grow a quarterback like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I would say that's it's the you know the the latter kind of responsibility. I mean, the, the greatest responsibility of an offensive coordinator is to in essence design an offense around the, the skill set and the talents of the people that. He has not just the right. quarterback. It can't only just be about the quarterback, right? It's got to be about every piece. For sure. Um, you really want the quarterback coach to to hone in and focus on that development. Now, development is attached to what I'm asking you to do and what I'm not asking you to do for sure. Um, I think Jason Garrett is is done. His track record as far as as those players has done a good job. Now. We also don't know what those guys would have been with somebody else, right? Like mm -hmm. you talk to anybody about Tony Roman early on and they're like, yeah, Tony was special early on. Um, I was with Kellen Moore and I remember asking Kellen Moore about Dak Prescott and he was like, yo, this kid's going to be good. So, you know, I, I think that it's certainly attached to it and it's an important part of it, but it's not the most important part of their role. Fair. Awesome. Hey, Thank you. Hey, Dan, I want to wrap it up with this one. What's your thoughts about Monday? Because we're coming full circle on on your time, I know, and I know you got you know commitments, and I don't want to leave you out there too long in your car. Um, you know the Chiefs are having some some struggles. Mahomes is turning the ball at a, over at a, a you know a alarming rate for him. He's yeah. got a, you know he's got eleven turnovers when for the first seven games. I looked at his you know his, his stats from 2018 to 2020. First seven games, he only turned the ball over seven times in three years. He's already got eleven turnovers now. Does this kind of make the game a little bit more interesting maybe because the pass rush for the Chiefs hasn't been there and Mahomes is a little banged up. So what's your expectations on Monday? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, can the Giants go down there and win this game? No question. Um, okay. You know, okay. Uh, I think, well, defensively, the Giants are built um, philosophically and schematically to do what the Chiefs have so struggled with this year. And Patrick is be patient and be hard-headed, and be disciplined, and run the football, and take the checkdowns. The Giants are actually, we did this on NFL Live today, we, they're the, the sixth worst defense in the NFL when it comes to completion percentage for a quarterback. Wow. They give up 70% completion to, to a quarterback. Um, but that's wow. what they want. They want quarterbacks to just take these completions take, and play that patient, deliberate, um, boring style of football. Well, that's what's got Patrick in trouble this year is he's been unwilling to do that. So who, who kind of wins 
you know, in that matchup is a huge story of this game. Um, I think the edge rushers for the Giants can can really be a huge part of this game because the tackles for Kansas City are not playing good football. Ojolari's starting to play good for the Giants. So, like, I think those edge guys can eat up those tackles and kind of win. That's a, if, if they do that, that's going to help. If the Chiefs are going to constantly play man coverage on defense, I did this on NFL Live again this week. Quarterback run is going to be a huge part, man. It, it will be a huge part of this game. Um, I think the Giants can match up favorably against the, 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 the coverage unit of Kansas City. So, you know, I'm hoping, candidly, that the Chiefs fix some of their issues. But if they don't, and they haven't this year, if they don't, the Giants can win the game. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. just, Thank you. Oh, that just made the rest of my week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>